Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mino Lion Media presents Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith. I was not the typical soap opera viewer, a young boy who loved sports, books, and science. But when your grandmother watches the stories every afternoon, and she's the one doing the babysitting, you come to learn that stories are pretty engaging after all. One of my favorite soap opera actors was kind enough to accept my invitation. Ian Buchanan has broken many hearts and noses in the process of being one of the most famous soap stars in the last two decades. But there's a lot more to him than that. Ian, with, with a great first name, welcome to the conversation. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yes, it's very exciting to, uh, I don't get to talk to many Ians. So it's kind of, it's, uh, in fact, uh, it's very nice to speak with somebody who knows actually how to pronounce it. Since I, when I first got to the States, I was Ian and Eon. And uh, I had, uh, when people discovered that I'd come here, from several years in Japan, they thought maybe it was a Japanese name. So I was Aaron, and just it was extraordinary. So I'm like, so it's very, so finally I'm Ian and you're Ian, and that's a, it's a, it's a great pleasure. Thank you. Well, I can tell you that as a young boy, there weren't a lot of Ians, number one. No. Um, and there definitely weren't a lot of black Ians when I was a young boy. So for many years, I enjoyed the uniqueness of my name. <laughs> How, how did you how did you come by that it's a very scottish name as you know it's like scottish john yeah my yeah. father was john so i was named after him so yeah it's interesting my mother um said that she just found the names in the bible and um she chose them and there was no rhyme or reason <laughs> she just liked thought, my brother. There, there's an ian in the bible yeah that's what she said i you know uh -huh. i gotta check back with her again but um I it could have been part of another name. I don't know, but she said she found the Bible and she liked it. And she called me Ian, my brother, Dana, and that was it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, wonderful. Yeah, great. it's great. Listen, uh, Ian, I have to tell you something. I um, have been a fan of yours for a long time. You really kept me company um, and entertained as a high school student. One of few guys back in the day who watched soap operas. Yeah, I grew up a jock, a super jock sportsman. However, my grandmother babysat us after school. So when I went home, my grandmother would have what we call the old people called the stories on stories. And so, uh, and so I watched um, the ABC line, uh, st starting with all my children going to one life to live and then ending up my afternoon with General Hospital. And so I knew you very clearly as Duke, who was the romantic partner of the great Anna Devane, right. uh, who I got a chance to meet one time. Uh, on set, which was fantastic. Uh, but so I have watched you for a long time. And so my lens, and I apologize because your filmography and your work has is so much broader uh, than General Hospital and soap operas, but I know you personally from uh, the soap operas and then was excited to see you in so many other things. So let me start uh, by asking you, as an actor, um, how is it to be able to cross so many different platforms that typically pigeonhole an actor into a corner, but you've been able to move 
uh, from film, short and, and long film, to TV, uh, to streaming service. How has it been? How, how, how does that happen? Well, I, I, I think from myself, I think, you know, ignorance has, was, ignorance has always been bliss because I never recognized that there was any stigma. Like, I didn't know until way later that if you are on, and I love the stories as opposed to the soaps. I think the stories really sums it up because they are telling wonderful story and that's how they, they used to tell wonderful story. I'm not so sure whether that's their intent right now, but I never... I never knew that if you were doing daytime television, you would never get to do primetime. I never knew if you did primetime, you'd never get to do movies. I didn't, never knew that movie stars never wanted to do television. So I never recognized any of it. I didn't really, I just kind of always just propelled myself into whatever, even though I was always a lot of the time terrified because it was all, everything was new. Everything is new when you kind of like, there's no, like you can train to be an actor, but nothing trains you for the first day on the set. You know, nothing can possibly train you for five cameras. Nothing can possibly train you for first day on a movie set. There is no training for that. It's just, you have to go there and just have to hopefully, and I have learned through being treated with great kindness by a lot of people and therefore be, you know, learning that that's how you must be just to get everything done is to just to be embraced and people to be very, very kind. And um, so, you know, I never, I never recognized that. I never recognized the stigma. I never did. And if people ever talked about it, I never heard it. So I, I like. Well, I, I, my career has been very similar, by the way. I've always believed I just do things that I want to do. And I don't, I don't look at what I'm supposed to do or what I'm not supposed to do. I look at what my heart uh, and my creativity tells me what I want to do. I've written diet books for the vast majority of my literary career. I now write diet books still, but I also write detective novels and um, oh. and and have a great time doing it. And um, and now I'm going to produce TV shows. So I don't really, I don't uh, in any way ever succumb uh, to what people expect me to do or what they how they want to circumscribe me. It just it doesn't work for me. But but in your career, um, let's go back. Uh, you know, to your start. I mean, did you always see yourself as being an actor? Did you stumble upon it? Was it a family tradition? Take us through kind uh, of how you actually got into this. Well, I, uh, from when I was uh, very young, I was uh, a model and I was a very successful model all through my, uh, from my late teens, all through most of my twenties. I, I was still actually modeling when I was acting. And, um, all of my friends in London, where I was based for many years, were all actors, and some of them were great actors, still are great actors, and they would uh, always say, why don't you, why not be an actor? And I had this very heavy Scottish accent, I said, oh, no, no, I can, people barely understand me as it is, like, <laughs> what, like what are they going to do, subtitle everything, I did? You're ridiculous. So I never... I think I was shying away from it, obviously, but when I got to New York and uh, I, I started to study and I was immediately, people were like, well, if it wasn't for the accent, we, you could work. And a Scottish accent was not the most popular thing then. It is, of course, not very popular, but I, I studied with somebody uh, very diligently and smoothed out my accent. And then I, I did, I started to work, became, I did a lot of, sort of fringe and uh, 
theater in New York, sort of off Broadway, way off Broadway, some of it way down in the village. And then I uh, started guesting on television series and then got General Hospital and was, was, was transplanted or moved from the East Coast to the West Coast to do that. So that's really how my, that's how my acting career began. I didn't, I don't, I, I didn't fall into it. I didn't stumble into it. I think I kind of, I, I feel like I got shot out of a cannon, but I think I, I very cautiously, because I'm very cautious, I think I sort of tiptoed around it maybe for two or three years, like wondering how I would make, make my way in. So I think that's, kind of how that began. <laughs> why, why do you like to, I mean, you're a successful model. Obviously, you've always been a very handsome guy. So it makes, I didn't know you were a model. It makes sense that you're a model. Um, but what is it about acting that you enjoy so much? People like acting for different reasons. I don't know right now, actually having, everything having changed over the past almost two years. I had kind of, I, I, I don't know what it is I like. There's something, there's something magical about it. There's something, it's like playing, it's like being a child. It's almost like, I mean, I can, and my process has always been, it's never changed. I lie, like, even if I go to work every day, I usually lie away the night before, wondering what am I going to do? Will I get caught being like, you know, will I get away with it? How am I going to get away with it? But from the second I actually get on set or get on stage, I don't have a thought in my head. And I'm just magic. It's just magical. Magical stuff happens. Magical things happen because I totally leave myself alone and I'm totally open to everything around me. Mm. And it's that's what I've always loved about it. It's having that wonderful opportunity to go from a very Scottish, cautious, like like ob observer into being this this very kind of free and liberated being, which I I. I like, I enjoy it. And then off, you know, coming back from it sometimes is, is uh, especially if I'm doing stage, you know, I'm doing stage, it always is kind of like, it sort of cracks me open like a, like a, like a, a, a nut. I'm always like just totally raw. So I kind of, uh, that always recovering from that is always, a, is always like the, the re-entry process is always kind of difficult because then I like to just get back to being contained. So why is there such, kind of there's this premium feeling uh about the stage versus film there's this feeling that it's the authentic it's you know the actor's actor can act on the stage what is it about the stage versus film that that has such regard as well in the industry that like this person really has chops what is it i think it's probably because you're it's very naked you're up there it's it's you it's very raw uh, television and, and film, everything is, you know, often what you hear on film is added later because, you know, they, the quality of the audio is not great, or you, hopefully it is. Uh, and also television, there's so many, you know, like editing and everything else. There's no editing on stage. I mean, really, you kind of, you, that's the rehearsal process is kind of like where you get to edit or where you get to kind of the discovery. But when you're on stage, there's no like, oh, Cut, hang on a second, let me, I'll, can I do that one more time? So it is very, if it's 90 minutes or two hours with an intermission, it's a whole chunk of your life where it's just like, you just are like out there <laughs> now and it's, it can go horribly wrong. And, and it, I, I've been in those situations, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world, but it's, it's, it's exciting. I, I, yeah. Do you remember those situations that have gone horribly wrong? 
Uh, yes, I do. Uh, usually it's when something falls down, like maybe like a wall or something, or, or uh, if somebody completely goes a blank and you can see it. I mean, you're so <laughs> in tune to each other and you look at the person you're opposite and they've just gone, they've gone. It's so funny, it's, I don't know where they go because it, it fortunately touched wood somewhere. That has never uh, happened to me, but when it happens to somebody else, it's just, it's the most extraordinary thing. They just leave the planet and they're What like, do you do? Well, you kind of try to maybe find a keyword that might kind of clue them back in or, uh, yeah, you just sort of hope they'll snap back into it or, or uh, I mean, my first instinct is to slap them, but you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Not appropriate. So you can just wait. Like, does the audience know this is happening, or you, or, or it's, uh, it's sometimes you can cover it. I, I actually did. I did a, a comedy which was in the final scene. <laughs> the uh, actress, wonderful uh, Olivia Dabo, who's a great friend of mine. In the final scene, she uh, she kind of has a little breakdown, and she falls forward, and her dentures fall out. Well, when her dentures fell out, her wig fell off too, which was never meant to happen, and. So like we both were like, so we kind of covered it, but the audience thought it was the most incredible thing, the timing. How could how could she spit dentures out and wake fall off at exactly the same time? How brilliant was that? I don't this is the first time I've ever said it wasn't meant to happen. So I don't like <laughs> it was very funny. She and I still laugh about it. <laughs> that, is, that is spectacular. I gotta tell you, I could just see it happening. Yeah, it was that is it, so wonderful. <laughs> Um, you know, listen, let's talk about soaps, if you don't mind, for a second. You've been on so many different soap operas, loved, beloved, and all of them. As I said, for me, um, it was General Hospital. How does this thing work? Like, who decides and why do they decide to kill you guys off? And you're at the height of popularity. How does this thing work? And how do you feel as an actor when they come to you and say, hey, unfortunately, your character is being written out to show up? What's that process like? It's kind of an odd process because usually it's for story purposes or to move, you know, and I kind of, I think this is the longest I've ever been dead, actually. I was, <laughs> no, I was, I, I, I was dead for quite a while. And then I was alive. Then I was dead. Then I was alive. It's all on General Hospital. I'm still alive on Bold and Beautiful. I'm definitely dead on all my children. I think days of our lives, I'm still incarcerated. So I don't, uh, but yeah, when they'd say that, it's kind of a, I don't, it's kind of a, it's an odd thing because I always, every time I go to, whenever I'm on a show and I have, you know, they situate me and they put me in, like I, I have my dressing room and they're like, well, welcome, you know, this is, this is your room and you can decorate it any way you like. And I was going, yeah, okay, that's fine. But I, no, I won't be decorating it. And they're like, oh no, you can do whatever. Would you like, what color would you? I said, no, 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 I, no, it's fine. Cause I have this image from many years ago when I first began of seeing this wonderful actress in high heels, walking across the parking lot, crying, carrying a little mini refrigerator. She'd just been told she was done and she was like <laughs> carrying the contents of her dressing room. And I said, I'm never gonna be that person. I'm <laughs> never gonna be that person. You not, not just the high heels, but I'm never gonna be that person who has to empty out a room after it's not my home. It's never going to happen to me. You're ne I'm never going to be in that position. So I never, so that's the one thing I've never had to deal with, but uh, it's kind of, sometimes it's a bit of a blow. Uh, there's usually, it's very interesting. You, you would think you would hear it uh, from 
people, the person that would be that's supposed to tell you, but often you hear it from somebody maybe in the wardrobe department who will say, oh, there's a funeral coming up. And you go, oh my God, I'm so sorry, who is it? And they go, like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's very, it's very strange. The character of Duke is still alive in so many ways, and uh, has goes back in ghosts and sort of with and is an apparition on occasion. But you know, it's it's all fine for me. What role has brought you actually the most, the greatest amount of fandom? Has it been Duke or another role? What role do people when people see you on the street, what do they stop you for and say, hey? I still Duke. I have to say, still Duke. It's extraordinary. I don't even. Even with a face mask and glasses on, there people still say, "Oh my God, it's Duke!" And I'm kind of like, "How? Like he's like I'm so much older than Duke was last time you saw him." It's like, how would you? How could you wreck it? But yeah, Duke, I would say. Also, that I have a whole separate like Twin Peaks, which has kind of been an mm -hmm. extraordinary. You know, it's had an extraordinary life also, just because it's a whole almost close to the sci-fi sort of audience, and then ties in Stargate and charmed and all of these other things so there's that whole you know there's that whole i have that whole uh that whole other wonderful uh but definitely i'd say i'd say dope. and and uh how does it feel as you know as an a serious actor which you are and serious and i mean you always play serious roles i mean you are you are about the craft of acting how does it feel when people recognize you in airports on the streets i mean what does that feel like to you? What does it mean to you? I think there's a responsibility goes with it, which is, you know, I, 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 I tend to be, yeah, I mean, I, I, I never take it lightly. I don't, I never would sort of dismiss somebody unless I was with someone in there. Sometimes some people can be rude, like, but if they're being hostile to the person I'm with, I certainly will be, pretty assertive about it but I'm usually pretty I kind of I'm very I'm very grateful I mean, it's never been an inconvenience um I learned not to have too much food in my mouth in a restaurant because you know it's like <laughs> it's best to have as little as possible because you may be asked to say something at any time or somebody may be taking a photograph so you know, you could have learned all of those things. And, and I don't find that it's an infringement in the slightest. I, I, it's totally fine for me. I just think it's, it's, I, I, I not, and not to be egotistical about it, but I think for some people, it's a very important thing in time in their moment, in their day, maybe, and sometimes in their life. And if, uh, you know, they want to do a selfie, like, absolutely, why not? Why not? I, I, you know, it's like, I'd rather do a selfie now than sign a, a napkin that you, uh, with a pen that doesn't work. That's always <laughs> like a, seriously, could we, <laughs> I can't, this is tearing the napkin and we, like, <laughs> I gotta tell you something. I wish I could remember the actress, but there was a great story where a well-known actress, I forget from which soap obviously, but she was out and she had played a villainous character and somebody smacked her across the face. Yeah, I can. I, 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 yeah, I can. I can imagine that. I went to my local uh, supermarket a couple of weeks ago, and there's a lady who works there, and she's a big fan of Bold and Beautiful. I had run in to find something, and they didn't have it, so I was kind of coming out quietly down two cash registers away from where she was ringing up groceries, and she spotted me, and she yelled across like you know two lines of people. She said, 
you've got a son now, you've got a son, and the wife is crazy. You've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it. So I just was like, oh, she's speaking to me. Like I said, oh, okay. Like, and I sort of waved and I was like, oh, wow. No, she said, no, you've got a son and that crazy wife. You got to go help him. Go help him. So I get out in the parking lot and this person comes running out after me and he said, like, oh my, I had to ask her, like, you know, I thought you were like this deadbeat, like horrible, like father. <laughs> and I had to ask her, like, do what? And she sort of said, no, he's on my story. But he's on my story. But, but he needs to go there and take care of stuff. Like, you know, so what he, why is he here? He needs to be there. Like, I was like, yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's a, it was a highlight of my day, actually. So it was like. But I got to tell you, that means how well you're playing that role. That means I think yes. that that's an affirmation you've done what you're supposed to do, that you've actually embodied that role and the person believes it. That is, that's spectacular. Listen, I just watched a short film, Shutter the Doors. Um, oh, yes. Yes, that you're in. It's a 13 minute short. Uh, it's about the closing of a restaurant. You are absolutely fantastic. You play Sam and against Billy Worth, who was yes. Jimmy. So it's just sure. the two of you. It's a 13 minute film. And kind of give me a 30 second synopsis of of your take on that 13 minutes. What is what are you trying to convey? And by the way, it's, it's just so beautifully played. Just the two of you. It's simple, but it's so impactful. Yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, when Sherry, my friend Sherry Sussman had was writing it, we discussed it. And uh, then we had a couple of rehearsals on Zoom. So that the story was very clear to to us, what we were playing, like it, it was very simple, but uh, going there to uh, that location, which is the Mint in LA, mm -hmm. and just, it was very intimate crew. And it was during COVID, it was during quarantine. So everybody had to be pre-tested and fo follow the protocol. And, but going there, it was kind of extraordinary because I didn't, uh, I didn't it, it just became about so many things. It became about loss. It became about, stuff that I actually, I never really, in order to just sort of survive through the, the lockdown, the quarantine process, I never thought about things that I missed. I never thought about things I may never see again. I never really, I never thought about that because I didn't, I just thought about what was available, what was here, what I had, what was, you know, things that I had to just enjoy and fill the day with and fill. And I never thought about the stuff that was out there that part of my big life until that day when we were filming and it all just was it was kind of it just became about unimaginable loss when you realize that any control you thought you you no longer have control you no longer everything you thought you had played everything so carefully and everything all the pieces were in place suddenly everything is gone there is no safety net there is nothing and uh, it was kind of, a, yeah, I mean, it was just a very, uh, and just the two of us, it was very intimate. It was yeah. very intimate. Yeah. And I kind of, it was very much, I, I realized I, I, I am somebody who very, doesn't often ask for anything. I usually am just able to kind of, but I, for, I realized I'm some, you know, playing that role that uh, I, it's important to be able to ask the reach out and be told everything will be okay mm. and not just depend on just depend on yourself but it was a very it was a very interesting for me very interesting experience very very wonderful and i the finished product is so beautiful the production values are so great it's beautiful yeah. it's well shot i just thought that 
for 13 minutes, which doesn't sound like a lot, long time given how long films are, but for 13 minutes, you are in it as the viewer. You are there, you are, you know, there's so many questions you have because obviously in a 13 minute film, you can't give a ton of backstory, right? But the way you guys play it out and the way you interact, the viewer can start filling in things without exactly. you having to say it. I think that's the beauty of it. Right, well, I think, but yeah, thank you. I think that's uh, exactly what was happening. There was so much, I think, there was so much sort of subtext that I never thought about that was just there. I think it was just there. I think both for, for Billy and, and for myself, it was just there, like, you know, yeah, it's so there were a lot of, you know, the words were very beautiful also, but what was not said, I think, is just is 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 there on on the on film. So yeah. Well, I wanna I don't want to ruin it for for those who are gonna watch it. Uh it's called Shut of the Doors. It's in the Oscar race for best live action short film. So fingers crossed. Um you of course have won so many awards, uh, an Emmy, you know, soap opera digest award. You're uh, <laughs> You're, you're very accomplished uh, in so many ways. Before I end, I typically end my conversation with seven very random questions. But before I get there, I want to um, ask you ask you about the state of affairs of television. I feel like, um, no offense to uh, traditional television and the major networks, but I feel like so much more creative work and satisfying work is actually being done away from network television on streaming services where there's this license to really explore various yeah. topics in raw, real, um, unabridged ways. How do you feel about the landscape of television, where we've been and where you think we're going? It's funny because as far as network television is concerned, it's some... At some point along the way, I think they gave up responsibility of uh, the responsibility of being educators, the responsibility of having integrity, I think, to a certain extent. But I think that was just, I, you know, I think life, you know, as life changes and as life has changed over the past two years, entertainment has changed also. I just, I mean, my, my only fear is that it takes away some it takes away from the imagination i think it's really important that not it's not to provide like all the bells and the whistles and the bangs and the the the, the, the it's important that you create that we get as somebody you know i'm a, a reader so you know a word for me is a picture in my mind's eye but if i watch something it's like i want to be kind of involved in that process i want to be i want to think i don't want to not think I think we've, we're in a place right now where people expect everything to be given in entertainment and they don't want to be for like, you know, they'll change the channel. I don't want to think about that and change, you know, I don't want to have to like, you know, I want to see like, you know, let, let everybody else do the work. So mm -hmm. I kind of, for me, less is more. Although having said that, I love the choices right now. I love the, I love the choices and having done, you know, I shot a, series here at home on my phone and my computer and my ipad finola and i did a little mystery thing like you know every episode was three minutes it was lovely it was great fun like while we were i was stuck here she was stuck at home we had several other people somebody was you know in new york and it was great i never thought i'd ever do that i mean i never thought it would be kind of like you know i never thought i'd ever be part of that and i loved it 
I never, you know, I never wanted to really be part of the short film independent thing. I never thought, and yet I have become part of that independent, like uh, little series and stuff. And so it's like, it's interesting. I love the, the range of it. It's fantastic. I just, uh, I, I think there's kind of a, just a responsibility that goes with an audience wants to be moved. I think they want to be provoked. I think they want to be feel safe at times. I think they want to experience everything. And if there's too much up there that's just too noisy and too bright and too fast, then they don't they don't get that wonderful they don't get that wonderful experience. I, mm. I that's how I feel about it. But. And I and I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that streaming services allow you to go into those places, and it's not always about the bells and whistles. It's about um, the story, it's about yeah. the character development, it's the art. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. And for those who heard him say, uh, Finola, that is um, Anna Devane from General yes. Hospital, who, who, <laughs> who is one of my favorite actresses. Um, uh, you know, it's interesting hearing you say that. I said, you know, as I get into developing some of my books, uh, my mysteries are becoming TV series. And I'm saying, geez, could there be a role that Ian Buchanan could play? Because how cool would that be? Well, yes, I, 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 you only have to ask. <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate that. Okay, so here we go. This is uh, my random seven questions. You can provide just very quick answers, whatever comes to mind, um, and they're unedited, so it's all you. Here we go. The first question, if you were not an actor, what would you be doing? Probably, uh, my family are farmers and they're on the land. But also, we were kind of raised in sort of the the uh, catering or or whatever uh, the sort of hotels and bars and restaurants. I would probably be in that business. I would imagine that's where I would have. I was trained in that as a as a very young person. I would probably have remained in that and and uh, may not be alive right now, having been behind the bar for all of those years. But yeah, I would probably be in that business. I would imagine. What makes Ian Buchanan really angry? Unkindness, I think, cruelty, cruelty, and and uh, 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 just people being unkind, people being, which of course is from you know so many things. You know, we recognize that people are afraid and people are you know whatever. But to lash out, I just find is, I mean, I have lots of reasons to lash out, but I kind of I think I thankfully learned very early on that was that that I have to not be that person and just absorb and and be reach out as opposed to lash out so but but lashing out makes me very upset it just makes me very upset and uh i uh kind of don't lash out when i see it but i certainly am very kind of it, it just is it's it's just not 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 correct not right it's it's very it's it's very shallow hmm. it's not a it's a very doesn't it doesn't work for me so uh, yes that does make me angry but as an actor i can get very very angry over absolutely nothing just uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've seen that um <laughs> what do you own that's really expensive and you are absolutely not guilty about nothing i don't think i mean i've I, I, a home perhaps but i'm not guilty about that of course uh oh i tend to yeah i mean i'm not guilty but i i tend to i think there was a period in my life as a child when i had one pair of shoes and they definitely had holes in them. And probably my socks had holes in them too. So I have a ton of shoes 
and a lot of socks and some of the shoes I probably will never wear, but I look at and I don't feel guilty about it. I don't feel guilty about it in the slightest because I think there was a time I thought success for me would be more than one pair of shoes, no holes in my shoes. It wasn't nothing to do with a fancy car, anything, anything like that at all. It was just stuff that like basically, so shoes, yes, definitely shoes, but not guilty. Mm-hmm. I, I have no guilt about it at all. And I give, I give them away, so it doesn't matter. But I just, just <laughs> having them makes me, I don't know, if I piled them all up and stood on top of them, I would probably be exactly where I want to be, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Who have you always admired and have never met and would love to have dinner with and why? Well, I don't, uh, that's sort of, yeah, interesting. There are people that I, I mean, I've met a lot of people and that I admired, had dinner with them and no longer admire them. Probably, I don't know, the Queen of England is somebody that has always been, I mean, she's always been a part of my life. It's extraordinary. But I, I always, uh, yeah, I used to kind of laugh and say, well, when you kind of live in the UK, you, you know, you, people dream about, you know, having tea with the Queen. <laughs> but then you come to America and you dream about being on the Oprah Winfrey show. And I was on the show. So I still, I think maybe dinner with, dinner with the Queen, I don't know, that's obviously never going to happen, but I think it would be sort of interesting just to kind of get, I just think she's so, such an enigma and such a, a representation of, I don't know, so I, I think she's imbued with, especially I think if you grew up with that family, I mean, she's imbued with everything. She, it's like, I don't know. She, she, she's just been somebody that I've been fascinated by, I think, for, for all of my life. So uh. I think she's very I think she's very interesting. And being able to talk to her without supervision would be very interesting. Also, I guess that's exactly. Her. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Not to. Yes. What does success look like to you? Shoes, I think. No, I think uh, being able to honestly uh, not being desperate, not being afraid of the things that uh, that I I I have I know that uh, I I've been afraid of not being afraid of those uh, and also being in a position to take away the fear to a certain extent of people that I care about Europe or the U S I've I've been in America most of my life which is sort of interesting I've been in the states uh, uh, for the great majority of my life um, I was uh, until this past two years. Europe was four weeks, six weeks of every year. It hasn't been for two years. I kind of like my, I, I sort of like my, my U.S. life. I like my U.S. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I like my U.S. everything. You know, I like my American dream, which uh, I have just sort of, sort of realized that American dream seems to only belong to people who come here from other countries. It's like they come here in pursuit of it. I did. And I found it. I cling on to it like like I'm very kind of like protective over 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 that, what I have achieved, what I have what I have gained in, in every way, not not just uh, you know financially or uh, but uh, my Europe Europe is is also very dear to me. I'm I'm kind of a I'm I'm I've never been a tourist. I'm a great I'm a traveler. I like other cultures I enjoy, but I enjoy the other cultures in the U.S. too. I'm sort of, I kind of get immersed in, you know, living in L.A., there's like cultures, you know, I, like I went to Koreatown for dinner the other night and 
you know, it's just, it's fascinating. I love it. I love that aspect of, of, of the US. Last question. A hundred years from now, someone is reading what's been written about Ian Buchanan. What do you want them to read? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't know. That uh, would be just all maybe, I don't know that I did my best, showed up, brought my best, like wanted, you know, the best for everybody around me, I think. I don't, that's what, I mean, that's kind of, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I generally don't put myself first. So I don't really think about, I don't really have to think about myself that much. You know, I kind of like something takes care of that. So I don't know what that would be or what that is, how best to describe that. But yeah, I would say that I, I did my, I would like to think that I did my best. I love it. Ian Buchanan, thank you for joining the conversation. Ian, thank you for a wonderful conversation. I have enjoyed it. I look forward to seeing you, talking to you again, and maybe coming to work with you. It would be lovely. I'd love that. I'd love that. Thank you for that. Take care. Yeah. Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith is hosted by Dr. Ian Smith, associate producer Ariel Mancibo, executive producers Ian Smith and Ken Johnson. Find the Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts, or on IG at Dr. Ian Smith. Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith is a mean old line media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.